mean, you've been putting in work for so long. Putting in a lot of work. What's going on, guys? Welcome back to Putting In Work, episode 41. Shout out to Sum 41. Thank you for tuning in. Thank you for the kind feedback. I've got the review of the week here. It comes from Smatherton XX from the USA. And he says, Jono is an extremely talented dude who knows how to podcast and how to interview people. I especially liked the episode with Elmer of Four Yanks, One Aussie fame. As a bonus, it's fun to make putting in work puns in everyday conversations. Thank you, Sam. Keep putting in work with the Four Yanks and the One Aussie. So this week is the third of my PAX series. And one of the great things about PAX is the opportunity to network and socialize with other podcasters. And that is exactly what I did with Brendan White from 8-Bit, host of the Hungry Gamers podcast, uh, who I first met in San Francisco. And the thing about Brendan is he's so humble. Like usually when you meet someone who podcasts, if they've got any level of success, you're probably going to know about it within, you know, maybe an hour or two of hanging out with them. But Brendan didn't even mention that The Hungry Gamers is one of the biggest gaming podcasts in Australia. And that's one of the things we talked about on this episode, how they got to that point, how they've built a bit of a community with 8-Bit, expanded it from just a podcast to other things. And also, he's one of the only podcasters I know that isn't a full-time professional broadcaster that has a sponsor for his show. Shout out to Audio Technica, got their headphones we recorded on their booth at pax so i've got nothing but kind words to say about those guys i mentioned the networking of pax brendan is a significant part of the australian gaming podcast network they held a panel called party mode which was a whole group of them set up in teams and they played off against each other in a multitude of matches brendan was part of that panel he was victorious he is the hungry gamer himself brendan white enjoy the show this week's Putting In Work is brought to you by Audio Technica. Ooh, we sound good, don't we? We sound fantastic. Thanks for joining me, Brendan. Thanks for having me here, too, on the booth. Mate, it's, it's a pleasure to have you here, and it's also a pleasure to be here. I'm a big fan of the craft, big fan of what you're putting out when you're putting in work. And, Thanks, um, Yeah, no, I appreciate it. As am I of you, because, and that's why you're on the show. So <laughs> let's talk a bit about 8-Bit and, I guess, Hungry Gamer podcast would you say that's what you're mostly putting your energy into i'd say that's probably the the primary driving force the hungry gamers podcast was sort of i guess in the in the initial stages was the the main pillar of of 8-bit but we're sort of trying to branch out now Mm. do more video content we're trying to do written content as well but just the the time management on that just gets out of control so so video is a lot easier to lay out as opposed to trying to write long form reviews and opinion pieces so it's easy to get in front of a camera or a microphone and just sort of, I guess, spit opinions as opposed to trying to make it eloquently written. Yeah, so, uh, <laughs> yeah, the podcast is, is the main catalyst, but we're sort of branching out and sort of doing different areas now. And um, But no, it's fun. It's fun. It's, it's a good, good outlet. And how did it all come together? Because there's a group of you, you all seem to be really good friends. Yeah. Was that an organic thing like that? Yeah, it really was. Like um, myself, I've known sort of Reese and Sam and Ali, who are the, the other hosts on the podcast. I've known, especially Reese and, Reese and Sam, I've known them for 10 plus years. Uh, they're, they're some of my best friends. I've, I've sort of uh, learnt, uh, or met, met Ali, sorry, uh, about probably four or five years ago. Uh, and through sort of that love of gaming, sort of became more and more of a friend with her. We got her on as a guest originally, really liked that that energy, that back and forth. She's very much, you know, and there's probably, she's not going to take offense this year, very much one of the boys. That's yeah. one of her sort yeah. of, I guess, hills that she wants to die on. Um, <laughs> and yeah, so it was really easy. You'd know, you do some podcasts with, with some friends and it, it's easy just to sit down in front of a microphone and riff about common passions and, and, and common uh, hobbies and whatnot. So it's, 
It's been really, really organic. Obviously, with any new podcast, especially jumping into that field, you don't have much of an idea. So we went in pretty blind. We bought some equipment, guessed our way through it, you know, tried to work out how to record it and get those levels right and work out a structure and intro and outro and mm. all that other rigmarole. But where we've got it down to a, it's not a fine science by any means, but it's, it's, a, it's a usable theory that seems to, to work more often than not. And, um, yeah, it's good fun. Sure. So did it start with you having an interest in podcasting at all? Or was it more just, hey, we like games and this is a cool thing to do? I, I think it was probably more of the, of the latter there, yeah. Um, podcasting, uh, it's something that I've listened to here and there, but truth be told, I was pretty naive to that you know, form of media for years. I only really got into just casually listening to podcasting maybe two or so years ago, so I'm pretty late to that sort of field. But yeah, it was just... We play a lot of games. We played games online, you know, a bit of banter back and forth, you know, party chat and whatnot. And we thought, no, maybe this could be fun. Maybe we could record this in a more uh, structured environment and, and throw our hot takes, our opinions on what we're playing, what we're doing, what we're seeing out in, in sort of the game space. So it was more of a progression just from our, our common interest in playing the Call of Duties and, and sort of the RPG games or anything where there's that online-based element where you can have that social interaction. It sort of trickled on from there, really. Okay. And what was it that you set out to do from the start? Because, you know, you mentioned the website, video, all this stuff that you're doing. Was that part of the original plan or has it just evolved? It's, it's sort of evolved. I remember I wrote like an initial business plan probably about two years ago, maybe, maybe two and a bit years ago now as far as a mission statement where we wanted to try and create a, a non-toxic, fun gaming community for people of all walks of life, young, old, whatever race, whatever sex, just to come in, have some fun, you know, play some games and be like infotained is sort of how we try to see you know we're, we're not a market leading media outlet we're not like an IGN or, or we're not sort of a, a complete sort of comedy style um, outfit as well we try and sit somewhere in between where it is very banter heavy very opinion heavy but it's more of a light hearted take it's, it's a casual approach where people that whether they're hardcore gamers or casual gamers alike I think can come in and probably take something out of what we're doing okay and what's been the progression like in terms of the popularity and success of 8-Bit as a network, but also the podcast in particular? Yeah, the, the podcast, to, to our surprise, it really sort of shot up quickly. Um, we got picked up by iTunes and got put into their new and noteworthy section for video games, I think after our sixth episode. How did that happen? <laughs> Truth be told, we have no idea. I've tried to work out the, the science behind it all, um, and I know it's based off... There's a few things from what, I, from what I've seen from just a lot of the reviews and, and sort of podcasts that try and theorize on how it works. And it's, it's such based, a mystery. Yeah, no one knows. Like, no one really knows any of the back-end algorithms for iTunes. So if anyone does know, please hit me up because I'd love to learn more about that science. Uh, from what I've heard, it's based off sort of your, your podcast art, the regularity of your posts, I guess the initial listen count based off said, uh, said episodes as well. And from there, they might deem you worthy or worth a shot to be chucked into the new and noteworthy to be featured. But the funniest thing is with that is we've been doing this now. We're, just re we're recording our 84th episode here at, at PAX. And from what I've heard and from what I've read, the, the new and noteworthy, it's, it's only usually for about an 8 to 13 episode arc. And then you sort of shift it out back into the masses. But we're still there. Still there sitting just behind Alt F1. Sadly, we haven't been able to 
jump up above them. We're still sitting at second on that, that chart. So that grinds my gears a little bit, but I'm, I'm also very happy. We're, we're getting a lot of listeners, a lot of positive response. Uh, we've got a great community, and, and then we're meeting a lot of like-minded individuals doing the same thing as us. So we've made a lot of friends that are playing in this space and, and creating fantastic content as well. So it's rewarding on all fronts, really. Yeah. Do you feel like there is anything about your content that sets you apart? From, from what we hear primarily, it is that sort of back and forth, that banter, and I think a lot of that does come from the fact that we are long-term friends. We know how to bounce off each other pretty well. It's very organic, the conversation. like um, I've, I've been on a few podcasts here or there or tried a few things out with other people. And, and when you don't, I guess, have that comfort level where you can you know, take, a, take a quick shot at somebody or, or know where they're going to take this next um, you know, part, of, part of the conversation, uh, it can be a little bit jolted where it isn't as a smooth a flow as you'd hope. So, so with, with sort of the crew we've got, because we know each other so well, it, it is very automatic. It is very natural the flow is, is fairly seamless uh, from going from you know topic to topic or segment to segment so yeah I think I think that's what's helped us the most we are typical Aussies I guess a bit loud a bit crass a bit crude uh, and then the fact that we can sprinkle some maybe some knowledge I guess that we could say we have on the gaming space as well I think it, it's it's sort of all blended together into a into a nice little pot of fun sure and was it just a natural thing to add the elements of you know uh, written pieces and video over time yeah um I think so. Like uh, off the back of the podcast, uh, and we had sort of eight bit, I guess, as the as the umbrella that that everything sat underneath. We got opportunities with PR companies, with developers, uh, with publishers, as well as uh, third party companies like like the Legends here at Audio Technica, for example, where they they approached us and sort of said, "Hey, we've got review copies of games. Would you like to review said games?" and Naturally, you say yes. Who doesn't want free games, especially um, free games to play at your leisure or maybe you get them prior, uh, early before release? Um, so that was very exciting. And, and on the back of that, naturally, people still want that, that long-form written review or, or opinion piece. So we sort of dip toes into that. But then we also try and cross-pollinate it and cover it on the podcast. It's easier to, to provide those hot takes and, and sort of those fresh opinions when you've literally played the game that morning and then you're on a podcast two hours later. Sure. So that, that was the sort of where the progression of the written content came from. So how do you uh, manage, assuming that you know, you've got a responsibility in managing this, but how do you manage the so many different elements without a background in any of those necessarily? Yeah, it's, it's hard. I've always been pretty multifaceted. Uh, in, in previous lives, I had, a, I had a clothing label, which then evolved into managing bands, and then that evolved into booking gigs for said bands and tours and all that. So I've always had a bit of that, uh, I don't want to say entrepreneurial um, drive or, or mindset, but I always like to keep busy. I always like to... You're a go-getter. Yeah, yeah I'll, I'll take that. But yeah, my, my mind's very hyperactive, so I always like to be trying new things and, and you know, throwing throwing darts, and if some of them hit, great. If not, at least I know I, I had, a, had a go. Um, and that's where I guess the, the expansion with the 8-bit stuff came, where we, we brought new people in, whether they're writers, whether they're video content creators. Uh, we've just brought in a couple of new podcast groups as well. So we're trying to create a... A nice tight-knit, uh, tight-knit group of uh, like-minded individuals that are just doing fun content, just enjoying themselves. I think mm. that's the biggest thing you've got to do in this space, especially when it is a passion project. You know, you want to be doing it for the right reasons. You don't want to be chasing, chasing the dollar or reaching for that gold ring. You want to, you want to be having fun and enjoying yourself. Mm. And, and for the most part, like the group we've got, we've got about sort of twelve under the eight-bit banner. They're all, they're all having a good time. They're all good people. You know, I'm, I'm happy to sit down and have a beer with any of them or you know, chat about anything but 8-bit so it's, it's been fantastic yeah it's cool so where does it go from there is there plans to build the community to a point where it becomes a full-time thing 
that would be the end goal. Like, um, I, I love my nine to five. Like, I've been in that industry for like since I left school. So it's it's been you know eleven years now in the electronic security industry. Uh, it gives me a lot of flexibility, a lot of autonomy, so I can sort of work wherever, however, and allow me to to invest a bit of time, maybe sometimes during the day when I need to, on on sort of eight bit and the hungry gamers. Uh, but yeah, the the end goal would be to make this make this a proper business where we, we can have these people that have been so loyal to us on the content creation side, you know, trying to get them in and, you know, give them salary and, and make them full-time stuff. That would be the dream. Like, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm pretty grounded in, you know, that's, that's very rare. You know, it's, it is, it is a, a, a one in a million type of shot, especially with the amount of content creators out there these days that are all doing you know, probably a lot better work than us, some of these guys out there. But, um, yeah, that would be nice. It would be nice to get people on and, and, and have that business and that mm. family grow. So that, so that would be great. But, yeah, I think we're sort of just sort of shifting the model long-term to do more video content. I think probably podcasting down the line might also become a secondary and it'll be more video content, be more Let's Plays. We're looking to do sort of Twitch streams and, and um, or streaming on whatever medium it might be. So that, that's going to be the sort of, I guess, the, the third year driving force into, into 2018. And how much do you think it's helped that you've been in the same place in Sydney together you've been able to sit in a room yeah. and record and because a lot of podcasters like myself we don't have the luxury of that because we're not in the same location as our guests or our co-hosts it's it's been extremely beneficial probably that's that's the best advice i can give anybody out there that wants to get into that space if you can get in the one room in that one environment it's just a different energy you're not waiting on a slight delay on a video call on on Skype or Google Hangouts or whatever platform you you can you're looking at them across the table you can see their mannerisms and how they're reacting and what they're going to say and do. And, and it's so much easier to do podcasting that way, like 100%. And for better and for worse, I'm actually relocating up to Brisbane at the end of this year. So that's a field where we're going to have to try and start working out the way to record these podcasts to the best of their abilities uh, when I'll be interstate and a few of the others will be interstate. And Ali wants to move to America long-term because her partner's over there. So these are some of the hurdles we're going to have to uh, encounter and, and, and try and jump over. But same time, as you know, you you sort of got co-hosts all over Australia as well as New Zealand. Um, Oceanus, yeah, and um, yeah, it's something that you guys are doing well, and there's there's countless other content creators out there that make it work. So uh, we just need to work out what we need to refine and and uh, make sure it goes as smooth as possible sure. because we don't want it to die just by the fact that someone's not in town. Yeah, the show and must I, go on. And I think the fact that you guys have a friendship that's long lasting. And a chemistry that's established in the podcast format, because you know podcasting is different from sitting around and actually just being friends. Definitely, the fact that you've got that already, I think, will help you a lot going ahead with the distance. Hundred percent, hundred percent. I think the biggest sort of concern with it all long term, I think, is just making sure everyone's got a you know a nice stable internet connection. <laughs> we, we did a test recording using uh, ZenCaster a few weeks ago, and and Sam was using internet running down a wet string. And um, it was a nightmare. So it's left a bit of a bad taste in his mouth. I'm like, we'll, we'll refine this, we'll work at this, You'll we'll make that. it work. Because, yeah, people are doing it all over the world. That's it. And speaking of that friendship and the, I guess, six or seven, whoever, however many people are involved in this whole unit as a website and as a network, how do you manage the, you know, maybe variances in the vision for what it's going to be? And is, is it important to have someone that calls shots or do you, is it a completely democratic process? How does that work? It's, I try and make it as democratic as possible. Um, I'm, I'm always opening up the floor to whether it be the team on the podcast or whether it be writers or, or sort of some of the video team. I'm like, 
what do you want to do? What what sort of new segments do you want to try and bring bring out? Where do you, where do you want to see this thing go? Because it, it is a team effort. I, I guess I do call call the shots to a degree, but I, I want to make it as democratic as possible and make everyone feel like they're they're a part of this thing because it it's, it can't be all done just off my back. I'm I'm not the the conduit of this thing. We're we're a team. You know, you'd be the same with, with sort of what you guys are doing with uh, the Explosion Network. It's it's a sum of all parts yeah. and. I, I want to try and get as many people involved as I can because I think there's so much fun and so much opportunity out there to get as many fun individuals out there doing the things we love and, and potentially having some success or some opportunities out of it. Sure. Who would want that? So walking around PAX, I've been calling you the prom king because it seems like everyone knows you and everyone loves you and you can't walk two steps without stopping to <laughs> give someone a hug or whatever. Uh, how important is networking inside the uh, communities of podcasters? Because it seems yeah. like, again, being in Sydney... Being other podcasters in your area, there's a lot of shared knowledge and yeah. tips and all, all this kind of stuff. I, I think it's extremely important, but um, at the same time, it's one of the things that probably frustrates me a little bit. There is so much closed-mindedness. There is so many people that don't want to share any information they might have or, or, or give a shout-out to Podcast X because they're fearful that their fans will then migrate over to Podcast mm-hmm. X. Like. There, there is some fantastic people out there, don't get me wrong, um, and, and everyone's been very welcoming and I'm more than happy to have a chat and, and share their thoughts and, and you know their secrets or, or any advice they might have. But I, I think that's a key ingredient for this. There's, it's the pool's big enough for us all, you know? and and who doesn't want to take the time to listen to more great content? You know, someone that might be a putting in work fan could could listen to podcast B over there and love that too. And, and and if the content's there and it's relatable enough for them, they'll find the time to fit those two podcasts into their into their daily schedule or weekly schedule. Like it's plenty of love for everybody to go around um, and I've been a big advocate for that I, like, I'm more than happy to talk to anybody about anything I'll, I'll show them what we do how we do it you know, there, there's no there's no sort of secrets from us we're, we're having fun we're enjoying our time and, and if we can share that same fun or you know, help people get, get some success maybe off introducing them to somebody or, or providing opportunity more than happy to do it more than happy to do it and uh, there's one thing that stands out about you guys, which is that you have sponsors, and you must be the only podcast that I know that's not at the full-time professional level that's managed to score that kind of opportunity. So how did that come about? And it must, have, when it first happened, it must have kind of blown your mind. It was very <laughs> surreal. Funnily enough, Matt, like before I met him in the flesh, obviously you just assume when you're talking to a lot of these heads of brands, they're typically the you know a generic person in a suit or you know a fairly straighty 180 type of guy. And, um, you know, when, when we started to get a little bit of traction on the podcast and we were, we were confident and comfortable in what the, the content we were putting out, um, I sent an email to, to, to AT. We were already using their microphones and their headsets. Like, we love the gear. Um, and we sort of reached out to Matt and I sort of said, hey, man, we're, you know, big, big fans of the brand. This is what we're doing. Da, da, da. And funnily enough, he emailed back his man, I listen to your podcast. I love you guys. Let, let's have a chat. And, and so that was a, a, probably a one in a million sort of chance, the fact that, he was already a fan and whatnot, and they were, they were confident in, in sort of the product we were putting out, and we're already using their gear. But it was just synergistic for both both respective brands from that. Like he's been nothing but helpful for us, like you know, giving us endless amount of time on, on the booth here at PAX, uh, providing us with kit for giveaways for our own use, for personal use, for uh, you know, podcast and business related use. You know, happy to introduce us to whoever he knows. Um, so that's been a real help. AK AK Racing approached us as well. Now we're fans what we were putting out there um they, they like sort of the community that we were putting putting together and just i guess the, the positivity uh, there, there's so much negativity out there you, you'd see it everybody sees it like especially in this gaming space there's so much chinese whispers and 
high school drama and I'm, I'm 31 years old. I haven't got time Too for that. I, I graduated high school, what was that, 2000, yeah, 13 years ago or whatever it is. So, like, I, I'm, I'm done from that. I've retired from that. So, I'm, I'm happy to just have a chat. I don't want the bullshit. I, was, I don't know if I'm allowed to swear. I don't, want, I don't want the drama. You know, I just want to have good conversation with good people. Like, yeah. I, I love making friends and, and talking about these similar passion projects that we all have and, and the fact that a lot of brands have come to us and sort of said, hey, we want to get involved. We want to help you out. How can we do this? It's very touching because at the end of the day, you have no real, I guess, grasp of, of where you are in, on the totem pole. Um, but then when things like that happen, it, it is very rewarding and surreal. Mm. Um, it was a big shock to us and uh, it's been great. Like We get opportunities to come to, to events like this and do charity events and yeah. just network with great people. It's, sure. it's phenomenal. So what would be your advice just specifically with, uh, I guess, podcasts or content creators that do want to find sponsorships? Is it something where, like, as you mentioned, it was kind of a chance encounter and people approaching you? Or is there something that you can actually do to generate that interest yourself? I, I think it's a bit of both. Like, I know probably some of these things I'll say is things that just about everybody would be saying too. But, like, social media presence, regular content, whether it be just via your Twitter or your Facebook updates, be visible. Interact with people in that field. Don't feel that you can't reach out to streamer X because he's streaming the same game or she's streaming the same game. Like... Make the friendships. If you can show that you're part of this community and, you, and you, you're positive and you're out there trying to have some fun and, and make friendships, I think that's a big first step. The one thing I hear from a lot of sponsors and a lot of PR or, or developers or publishers is they're very big on those social metrics. If you know your numbers, if you can put together in your little media kit or your media pack or whatever generic email you're flying off to these respective players out there is know your numbers, know your business, know your product. If you can say, okay, these are our social accounts, these are our impressions we're getting on the weekly on, on YouTube or, or on Twitter. These are you know, the regularity of the things we post. When you can give them as much ammo um, to leave them flawed and not having to chase you for more information, I think that's going to put you in good stead. Um, and even if you're reaching out to uh, PR companies maybe for, let's say, game keys to review, get, get in them and, and sort of say, okay, well, I want to review, let's say Mario Odyssey, for example. You're reaching out to Nintendo. Okay, I intend to review Mario Odyssey, I'm going to have a, a written article ready as well as a video content, whatever whatever basis you're putting together, and it's going to be ready to drop, you know, one minute after embargo on day X. If you can get ahead of ahead of any questions they may have and just give them a well-thought-out business plan or plan of attack for the product you're putting out there, I think it's going to go to a long way. If you're already using the gear, obviously it's going to help. It shows that you've got belief in them already. You're not just out there for a free handout. Sure. I think that's going to help. Um, and just come into events like this. Go up to you know AT, Astro, uh, Nintendo, Sony. Just say good day. It, it, it never hurts to introduce yourself. You never know who you're going to bump into. You never know what rapport might be established from that chance meeting. You know, it's exchange business cards. Just be visible, be available, and be punctual. If, if you say you're going to have something out by day X, or if you book time to go to a booth or an event, be there. You know, because. They, they record your attendance. They record your visibility. And if you're not there, you know, that's going to be black marks and you'll be, you'll be considered for or less considered for events down the line. So, but just believe in your brand. Like, stand by what you're doing. Be confident in what you're doing. That's cool, man. What would you say has been the hardest challenge or the hardest part of building this 8-bit product so I, far? I think it's almost like um, what I just said, like standing by your brand or being yeah. by your brand. Like, I don't like self-promote. Like, I don't like big noting or, or talking things up. I'm... I, I don't like yeah, spotlight. I can vouch for that because when I met you in San Francisco, I don't think you even mentioned that you had 
you know, one of the biggest gaming podcasts in the country. Yeah. And, you know, every Tom, Dick and Harry wants to talk about their podcast all the time. So. Yeah. Yeah, and it's something I know that I know I need to get better at it. Um, but, like, when I'm comfortable with someone, I'm more than happy to, to sort of exchange war mm. stories and talk about successes and failures. But, yeah, I think that's been the biggest challenge, that I haven't been as forward with successes or failures or, or things we're doing that people should know about or, you know, we should be actively promoting, you know, the successes or, you know, the, the iTunes thing or, or doing events and things like that. We need to be more, I need to be more visible in that regard. And, and that's something I'll probably continue to deal with. You know, as I said, I, I'm not a big fan of the spotlight and the attention, but it comes, I guess, with the territory, especially when you are coming to events like this or doing panels or, or then doing video content. Your face is literally out there for the whole world to watch if they want to. So it's something that, yeah, I'd, I'd say that's probably been my biggest challenge. And have you reached a level where you're getting criticism as well? Yeah, yeah, and, and I like that. I'm... I'm very transparent with that. That's one of the first things I try and ask everybody. You know, one of the, the closing lines in our podcast every week is you know, we, we preach about having iTunes reviews and we want good, bad, or otherwise. Email us. Email myself direct. Open up a forum with me on, on social media. I, I want to hear what we do great, obviously, but mm. what we don't do great because without that, we won't be able to evolve. Uh, we won't be able to, to fine-tune what we're putting out there and we could be losing viewers or listeners because of that. Like, there's a lot of silent passengers or silent fans, I think, especially in the podcast space. You see your numbers, you see your metrics, but you might hand, um, hear from maybe 10% of those people out there. Um, and, and, and it does get a bit disheartening sometimes because you want that voice of customer or voice of fan yeah. out there. You want to hear if you, what you're putting out there is getting well-received, lukewarm, or if it's absolute garbage. Um, so that's, that's one of the biggest things, uh, especially for, for listeners out there. Just take the time to to drop a review for a podcast that you love because it is, I say it every week, it's our lifeblood. Yeah. Um, it keeps us relevant, keeps us happy, it keeps us striving forward knowing that even though it might be one review, that one review, that, that person's taken the time to, to sort of put their feedback down forever. Yeah, I think podcasters are particularly starving for feedback because there's not a way to leave comments. There's no. not a comment section on podcasts. There's not even a way to see, for some hosts there's not a way to see how many people are listening to it. 100%, 100%. And it's not like YouTube or and a website. We can see how many people clicked on the page and left a comment. And yeah. I think that, yeah, any feedback you can give to podcasters is always appreciated definitely, so much. Definitely, Like in the early pieces especially, like we felt like we were just out in the dark a lot because you see these numbers and you sit there and go, who are these people? Like we want to interact with these people. Yeah. Are, they, are they bots or, uh, yeah. you know? Well, I sure hope they're not. <laughs> but like, and that's the thing, like, just, just take the time, any listeners out there, just take that 30 seconds, 60 seconds, two minutes, five minutes, whatever it is, just on Twitter, like tweet out of them, love that episode, or you eh, didn't agree with this, or iTunes review, or SoundCloud, Google Play, whatever platform they're on, because it, it helps so much, so much. It's awesome. So, Brennan, we've come to the part of the podcast where I ask, what would you do if you knew you couldn't fail? Ooh. Um, are we... Are we Literally in any it, facet, or we're we just going to try and tie it down to the, start, to the eight bit. I always start with anything, like beyond physics or time and space, even. Well, I, I guess I'd uh, I'd certainly be buying a handful of lottery tickets for the infosit, like for the foreseeable future, because then yeah. I know at least that's sorted. I can sort out the family. Yeah. Invest a heap of money into eight bit and try and make it maybe that proper business. Get people on. Get a staff. Um, I think it's hard to say. Like. I would love to say sort of the cliched thing about 
go up to girl X and ask her on a date. But like I've you got a girlfriend. I've got a partner now. I'm extremely happy. So so that's out the door. Um, I'm enjoying my my professional career. Uh, doing well in that space. Eight bits eight bits growing along well. But yeah, maybe I think I'd probably invest into that. Like throw some serious money at it. Maybe get a, a big professional studio, similar like what Rooster Teeth have done. Yeah. Get a space. Hit up a lot of other like-minded communities. And say, hey, do you want to jump in on this? Let's 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 build a super team here and just go nuts and, and see where the world takes us. So, yeah. I'd say that. And I know that's cliched. You probably get that a lot. No, man. When people say that they're already doing what they would do if they couldn't fail, that's always yeah. a good sign. And yeah. you guys are basically on that path. And you know that might be a bit more accelerated than where you're at, but it doesn't sound outside the realm of possibility. Yeah, right? like long term, I'd love to to get several other communities together and create one big one, whether that be under 8-bit or whether it be renamed as something completely neutral and beneficial to everybody, that would be fantastic. Just yeah. getting a, a crew of great people together and have some fun. That's right. Because, I mean, there are a lot of content creators here, but there's no one at a high level. No. Um, underneath, like, the IGN, Australia and whatever, there's, there's no, like, big successful podcasters that I know of. And if I don't know about them, then where are they? Exactly. You know? Exactly. Yeah. So... so so that'll be great. That'll be great. Having having just one almost go to destination for for podcasts, for video content, for blogs, for mm. for written pieces, just across pop culture and gaming in general. I think that would be that would be the end goal, and that would be if I couldn't fail, I'd, I'd do that tomorrow. Do you think there's a market for that in Australia? Hundred percent. Yeah. Hundred percent. Like for the most, like you look at PAX for an example. There's people here. This guy walking past us right now. He might not be a gamer, but he could be into into the the tabletop area or he might not or if you like might like games he might not like shooters but he'd like rpgs or he could be a cosplayer or she could be over there interested in buying comics Mm. so i think that all synergizes well and there is an opportunity there or or a big lacking um brand out there in this australian space obviously as you said ign is is the the king of the space and they do have Australian representation. They've got a, a small staff here in, in the AU, but there isn't someone, I guess, that's sort of more so less red tape yeah. bound like, like an IGN because they do have obviously a board and shareholders and things like that underneath them that they have to uh, appease to. Yeah, that's a really interesting idea. and I hope you go for it and I'll be happy to ride your coattails oh, all the way sure, to the top. for sure. I'd, I'd love that. I'd like, I'm a big fan of what you guys are doing and there's certainly uh, thought processes and cogs turning as far as the roadmap of who I'd love to say, hey, let's let's get in here. Let's make some fun. Yeah. Let's let's build this thing together. That's cool, man. Thanks for hanging out. It's been nah, really mate. good. Appreciate it, man. Thanks for the time and uh, yeah, much love. Stay hungry. Thank you for listening. That was Brendan White. You can catch him on Twitter at Brendan8bit. That's A-T-E. Check out 8Bit's content all over the internet. I'm on Twitter at Johnny himself. And until next week, keep putting in work.